humans. Here we are back for episode number three of Weird Humanity. Of course, I am your host, Amanda. I have got to say right off the bat, thank you so, so much for all your support for episodes one and two. I tracked some of the numbers, some of the analytics, and I won't kind of, I won't get into the weeds about that stuff, but they're pretty amazing. I am really surprised at the amount of people who have listened or are listening. Um, so I just want to say I appreciate you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being amazing humans. Thank you for sticking with me on this journey. Um, I'm working on the production quality, as always, trying to just kind of get my feet literally and figuratively underneath me with this whole recording a podcast. Um, and already for episode three, I'm like, I need to change things up. Because although I, I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I'm already very critical of it. But for episodes one and two, while I know that like my research was really good and like the writing of the episodes was really good, I hate how I sound so robotic. So I am trying something a little bit different, something a little bit more natural, a little more calm, a little more free, a little more free flowing. Um, and I hope you guys like this episode. So we are talking about laughter today. Episode three, as you can see, is titled, Ha Ha, Your Way to Health. Because I have decided I want every episode to start with the letter H. I don't know. Humanity, humans, H. It's probably not going to last. And I already think this title is kind of ridiculous, but we're just going with it. So. We are talking about today, you've heard the quote, laughter is the best medicine. But is there any evidence to back that up? What is the science behind laughter? So here we go. Okay, so right off the bat, let's just answer the question, is laughter the best medicine? The answer is obviously no. Boom, end of episode. Have a great day. Now, <laughs> there is really, really, really good science that's backing laughter as not the best medicine, but the actual really incredible health benefits. Researching something like this is so in my wheelhouse. Um, the the science behind laughter, like that's there's nothing that's honestly more Amanda than that. Having to learn why laughter is such a good thing. Like we just, we should just know that laughter is good for us. But science and the medical community have also decided that laughter is good for us. So I want to be really, really upfront and, and say that I am not at all promoting laughter as a a replacement for, for therapy, for medication. Um, that is, that's not at all what I think. That's not what I think people should do and how they should take care of themselves. Um, I think that along with a healthy lifestyle, a healthy diet, um, being outside, getting the good vitamin D from the sun, that combined with healthcare, medication, that's what, what really, you know, I don't want to say cures people, but 
if it wasn't for my medication that I take every day for my own anxiety and depression, I wouldn't be able to be out and about in the world, getting the vitamin D, being with my friends, laughing, making other people laugh. So it's it's a combination of of all these different things that are improving, ever improving our our mind, body, and soul. Um, I hate, hate, hate any implication, any meme that I see that is like, just go outside. The forest is is your antidepressant. Just try to be happy. Just smile more. No, no, th- those are not cures for mental illness or physical illness. They're just not. Those things are good for you, but it's not going to make the receptors in my brain that are all messed up, like do the thing and release the happy chemical naturally. So, Yes, it's a fun saying, um, but I'm I, I'm not gonna tell you to throw away your medication and cancel your therapy appointment and just binge watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for four days straight. Does that sound like an awesome day, couple of days, week? Absolutely. But it's not the end all cure all to whatever it is that ails you. Um, the science backed claims of the positive effects laughter has on the body is endless. There, there's. I could make this a four, five, six hour long episode just talking about the amount of research I found, the amount of studies that I found. Um, basically, it's kind of broken down into two separate parts. What does the body do when we laugh? What are the observable effects and then the second part is, what do then those physical effects, observable physical effects, imply on our overall physical and mental health? So what does laughter do? And therefore, what can laughter do? Um, laughing literally just makes you inhale more oxygen-rich air. The more oxygen in your blood, the better you know your organs are going to do. Um, your heart, your lungs, other organs—they they feed off of your oxygen-rich blood. Uh, more oxygen is better for your muscles, for muscle recovery and muscle relaxation. Um, more oxygen in the blood is going to improve circulation. My grown-up job outside of doing this being a podcaster i guess i i work a lot with with blood and i won't get into that really much today but like these next next couple of parts coworkers if you're listening um you'll you'll understand a lot of this um the more oxygen in the blood um the better the circulation there was actually a study done that showed that a person watching a funny movie had better arterial compliance than somebody who didn't. Arterial compliance is um, a way to measure how well your blood is flowing. Um, laughing is also, you can see, like if a person is hooked up to a monitor, laughing decreases their heart rate and their blood pressure. Like that's like you can be hooked up to a machine 
And and these are effects that are observable when you're laughing. Um, laughter can lower glucose levels. Um, and all of these, these physical effects of laughter have, it's like a chain reaction. It's like a domino effect. If this, then this. So if your if your organs are working better, if your blood is flowing better, if your if your heart is pumping better, that is going to improve your stress response. Um, what that does is, at first, it increases your heart rate and your blood pressure. I just told you that laughing reduces it. It it does overall, but the initial laughter increases your heart rate, increases your blood pressure, very temporarily, and then your body goes through a cool down stage and that gives you that overall sense of relaxation that is called your stress response laughing can improve your immune system um stress and negativity that all affects our bodies we we know now that negative negative thoughts affect the body physically as well as as positive thoughts and that includes the immune system. So laughter can relieve stress. So at the very least, laughter isn't worsening your immune system, but it has been hypothesized, and there's a lot of studies happening that laughter can improve the body's immunity, especially through producing antibodies and activate the body's T-cells. Um, those activated T cells help in the prevention and recovery of cancer. Like there, there's there's research happening that laughter can help aid in the recovery of cancer. Again, I'm not saying that, oh, just start laughing and suddenly your breast cancer is gone, but it helps the body, it helps the body to fight and it helps the body to recover. Um and I just think that's so amazing. That's that's so fascinating. Um, humor has also been shown to improve the body's defenses against respiratory infections. You're laughing. Your heart is working better. Your blood is flowing better. Your lungs are pumping better. Or I guess not lungs don't pump, but you know what I mean? Your lungs are working better. And that helps your body fight against and even prevent respiratory infections it's just it's incredibly fascinating what the the human body can do and does so let's next talk about the arguably most important organ in our body the brain the big mac daddy the one that runs the show the physical and mental effects of laughter that research is also so so wide and so widely um accepted in in the medical community again positive thoughts finding something hilarious that releases something called neuropeptides and your neuropeptides fight stress and can combat physical illness laughing as as most people know increases the amount of endorphins that the brain releases and endorphins are those are the feel-good chemicals um those are i i'm one of those people that my brain doesn't make enough of those um you know you go to the gym 
and you got you got those people who go to the gym and they're just man they they run 7 miles and then they're they're lifting seven times their own body weight and they're doing 4000 squats and they leave the gym they're like oh, oh man i just whew, i feel good my body feels good got those endorphins just flowing you know you got to go got to get your endorphins flowing and my brain is like <laughs> oh we don't do that when you're at the gym no 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 endorphin releasing for you sorry hashtag sorry not sorry so <laughs> yay medication um endorphins are released through something called opioid receptors think of the word opioid opioid drugs heroin when a person does heroin it, it binds to those same opioid receptors. So the implication is that laughing can have the same euphoric feelings associated with, with abusing drugs, with abusing opioids. Um, like, don't do heroin, kids. Just go rent some classic Adam Sandler. Personally, it's the old stuff from the 90s for me. I, I'm not a big fan of his, his new work, but... Go watch um, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, and then watch Dumb and Dumber with the amazing Jim Carrey, and don't do heroin. So there's my message to the children. Um, laughing also releases serotonin. Serotonin is the same chemical that's used in in a type of antidepressants called SSRIs. SSRI stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors. Um, so a lot of people's brains, when they're laughing, are just creating more of the serotonin. And again, there's some people whose brains just just don't. They just they don't make the serotonin. They don't make the happy feeling. And that's why we have medications. That's why we have antidepressants. Um, the long-term effects of laughter on the body from a from a mental health standpoint, at this point, are really really unknown. Even from a even from a physical standpoint, um, but it is it is a widely accepted um, idea that. Laughter in the short term, both physically and mentally, has a very positive, very potent positive impact on a person, on their their mind and their their body. So laughter has been shown to lessen the symptoms of depression and anxiety, again, due to the, the serotonin and the endorphins that are being released when you laugh. Many, many doctors and physicians in the fields of psychology and psychiatry recognize the powerful effects laughing has and, and even often prescribe quote unquote laughter as a complement to established medication therapy the the keyword there is established so you're not going to go on to let's say zocdoc and search for a uh, a therapist who uh, 
the moment you walk in and meet them for the first time, they're going to listen to your trauma and be like, okay, well, I prescribe for you 100 milliliters of laughter. No, that's not how it works. It's a, a, a patient and their doctor and their therapist have already an established medication, an established um, type of therapy, and then humor is is introduced and brought in in a way that will complement the the patient's um, process and their their healing journey. Uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, a really really common type of therapy used. Um, CBT that includes using humor helps the patients to reframe their negative thoughts and and revise their personal narratives that can include feelings of shame or hurt or isolation. And humor is just overall elevating their mood and their feeling of satisfaction in life. Um, humor in CBT helps patients with grief, it helps them process trauma, and it's helping by you're not denying the the traumatic incident. You're not denying the the grief, but by introducing humor and using it in a right way, it's gonna make those those traumas less threatening. Um, Dr. Natalie Christine Detillo. Detio, I feel bad I didn't look up how to pronounce her name. She is a PhD. She has a PhD. She's a clinical psychologist, and she's an instructor at the Harvard Medical School. She founded something called the Priority Wellness Group, which is a mental health consultancy that regularly prescribes laughter as a complementary therapy for patients with depression and or anxiety. Dr. Dottilo, Dr. Dottilo, I'm so sorry that I didn't look up how to say your name, um, is is on the record of saying laughter is one of the fastest ways to feel better. Um, Heidi Hanna, who is also a PhD, founded the Synergy Brain Fitness, which is another consultancy that helps to create um, cognitive performance programs. Dr. Hanna says that the effects of laughter on a on the brain activity is well documented. And Dr. Hannah is certified in the, wait for it, this is a real thing and I love this. Dr. Hannah is certified with the AATH, the Association for Applied Therapeutic Humor. Like that's amazing. Like it, humor is becoming such a recognized aid in in helping physical and mental stress and ailments. I I was really, really, really um surprised, but like happy surprised when I read about that. And everyone remembers Sigmund Freud, that brilliant weirdo that thought that the interpretation of every dream and every maladaptive thought you had had some sort of link to sex and sexual preference and who you want to have sex with. Very strange. But even Sigmund Freud said that humor could be the largest defense process of the psyche and that it guards against anxiety. Now, 
this is where I'm going to issue a trigger warning. And I'm going to put this in the show notes as well. Um, If anybody is triggered by the mention of death by suicide or suicidal thoughts, um, skip ahead until after the next little five-second musical break. Um, I love you. I'm going to also post links to to various um, organizations. I'm very much personally involved in the um, American Association for Suicide Prevention. Um, I'm also going to gonna post some other um, mental health advocacy resources. Um, I knew that this subject, the subject of laughter for some reason, was going to lead down, honestly, a, a dark road. Um, it's said that the happiest people are often the saddest on the inside. And I honestly debated not doing this episode, at least not this early on in the show, for my own mental health. Um, but then I decided, you know what? Do it, dive in, use those raw emotions. Um, the reason I... I have a trigger warning for this section is we're going to talk about Patch Adams. Um, Dr. Patch Adams is actually a real person um, who is still alive. And I don't know why I was surprised to learn that. But anyway, um, most people have seen the movie. Um, Dr. Patch Adams is a physician and a clown, like an actual, like, I don't know, certified clown. I don't know if you get certified in clowning um and he strongly believes that humor and love are are some of the top keys to bedside manner especially for those with like terminal illnesses um his his desire to to help people and spread love and spread joy came after as a teenager, he was hospitalized three times because, in his words, I didn't want to live in a world of so much violence and injustice. Um, Patch spent his younger years in Virginia at an all-white school and was subjected to the ugliness of segregation um, when when unfortunately children of different races weren't allowed to go to school together um and patch describes himself as as that weird and nerdy kid and he was he was beat up a lot for not just being the the weird nerdy kid but for also standing up against racism and for speaking out about segregation as a teenager um at, and unfortunately, these events caused him several times to to not want to be here anymore. Um, but thankfully, his last hospitalization when he was 18 years old is when he decided that his goal was to make a love revolution, that he was going to spread happiness and laughter and love throughout the world. Um, Dr. Patch Adams 
founded the nonprofit Gesundheit Institute, which I think is so funny that he named his institute Gesundheit, because what else would a clown name their their nonprofit? Um, the Gesundheit Institute, you can't even say Gesundheit without giggling a little bit, is a, a healthcare organization that is a model of holistic medical care based on the belief that the health of the individual cannot be separated from the health of the family, the community, the society, and the world. And that's directly pulled off of the website patchadams.com, which again, I'm going to link because that has more information on the Gesundheit Institute. Oh, that makes me laugh just saying it. Um, as both a physician and a clown, Patch and his team would travel around the world to hospitals, orphanages, war zones, refugee camps, um, sites of natural disasters, and they would build clinics, they would provide health care, but they would also provide laughter and love. They would dress up as clowns and do their clowning in the street. I don't know if clowning's the correct word to use there, um, but they're just trying to bring a sense of lightness and happiness and love to these places that arguably need it most of all. Um, and as many people know, if you're familiar with the movie Patch Adams, and if you're not, go watch it. Prepare to laugh and cry your eyes out. Um, Patch Adams, the doctor, the clown, the activist, um, was played in in the movie about his his life in medical school um he was played by the amazing robin williams um and robin williams as we i think can collectively agree as a species was one of the funniest actors and just most amazing people in in the film industry in in Hollywood I guess to grace this earth and Robin Williams died by suicide the irony of Robin Williams playing Patch Adams is not lost on me or I think anyone thankfully we still have Patch Adams out there trying to to spread first of all, healthcare for people who don't have access to it. And I'm not even going to go on a tirade about that because healthcare should be accessible to everybody and it shouldn't be something just for the wealthy. But I'm not going to go on that tirade. Um, but Patch is out there. He's he's providing healthcare and he's he's doing the good work. But let's be honest, the world became a little less funny and a little less beautiful when Robin Williams left us. Um, so that's the end of that section. Uh, just take care of yourself, humans. All right, so let's get more into the sciencey stuff. Um, surrounding humor and laughter. Um, this isn't a new thing for the medical community. Dating as far back as the 1300s, a man by the name of, God, I'm going to just butcher this, Henri de Mondeville. That was fun. Henri, Henri de Mondeville 
was a professor of surgery, which I'm thinking means he was like a doctor that taught, but it, actually none of my research said he himself was actually a doctor. Um, he talked about and believed in the power of humor therapy with post-op patients. Now, surgery in the 1300s, I, I'm sure was awful. <laughs> there was almost no medical advancements. Um, there was some good knowledge about anatomy um, back then, but there was very little knowledge about sterilization and kind of how the different systems of the body work. So I don't doubt that the power of humor and laughter helped those patients who had almost literally nothing else to help them. Um, but it has been observed and studied that laughter can reduce pain signals in, in the brain, the pain signals that are sent from the brain to the body. Um, it has even been said, not proven, but uh, hypothesized that 10 minutes of laughter can result in two hours of pain-free sleep for patients with varying ailments um, in, in a hospital setting. So laughing for just 10 minutes before they went to sleep gave them, patients reported two hours of sleep that was pain-free. That's incredible. Um, it has also been postulated that laughing causes the body's pain tolerance to increase and that laughing can help the body create its own natural painkillers. Now, I know, again, I'm using a lot of words like may or can. It, it sounds like some of the stuff is really not sure. And I want to assure you that these studies have happened so frequently and are happening all the time. Again, I could, this podcast could be 10 times as long as it is just this episode. I could do an entire actual podcast show about the studies behind laughter and humor. Um, I think I'm a smart individual. However, I tried to read the results of these various studies that were um, that were in different reputable health journals. And I just, I, I don't have the the brain power, the knowledge, the education to interpret medical and research jargon on those levels. But I did print off <laughs> I did print off part of one study and and I'm gonna try very hard to to help explain the results of this study. So it was published in the Journal of Neuroscience in 2017, and the study is titled Social Laughter Triggers Endogenous Opioid Release in Humans. And this is where I wanted to put in a joke, but I still can't think of a good one, of how a study on laughter has like the least funny title of anything ever. Um, basically, to summarize... 
groups of people laughing together released even more feel-good chemicals than they did laughing as individuals. Um, the the participants of this study were hooked up to the the brain monitor thingies. Again, I don't, I just don't have the vocabulary for for this kind of medical stuff, but. Um, Different regions of the brain were activated and highlighting during these times of group laughter, um, such as the thalamus, the caudate nucleus, and the insular, cingulate, and frontal cortices. Um, I think a lot of people have a general knowledge of the frontal cortex, um, which is the part of the brain that controls motor function, creativity, judgment, and social cues. So that that part of the brain, along with others, is is stimulated during times of laughter and is stimulated more during times of laughter in a social setting, laughter amongst other people. And what this study also then went on to, uh, the study then goes on to talk about how those effects in the brain among this group, um, how that affects social bonding, um, which is an integral part of not just human, but if you think about overall mammalian uh, mammals. Um Mammals are are very social animals. Humans are mammals. We are animals. Um, and laughing strengthens those social bonds. Um, and again, this is just one of the many, many recent, when I say recent, I mean um, in the last 10 years, one of the many recent studies that I found. I found multiple sources that talk about the importance of laughter in social bonding. And social bonding as as a species for humans is actually very integral to our our growth, our development, our our sense of wellness, our our sense of self, our our sense of safety. Um and a group of people when when they come together, they just they feel they feel more safe. They feel more at ease when there's laughter involved. Um, and as you know, being a human being out in the world probably, that a person will laugh when others are laughing, even if they don't know what they're laughing at. Laughing is contagious. It's it's like a yawn, but better. I myself know that if, if somebody else is laughing and it wasn't me who told the joke. One, I'm jealous. Two, I'm going to start laughing because I just, laughter amuses me. It it makes me want to, to laugh as well. And along with laughter being important in social bonding, um, there were studies done on laughter and romantic relationships. Now, these studies are the ones that I found were only on um, heterosexual relationships. I I couldn't find anything on on different type of different types of, of relationships other than just straight up heterosexual. Um, not that I don't believe they exist. I think it would be really sad if they didn't. But I'm just I'm going to tell you what I found. Um, 
So this one study showed that women laugh, the women laughed 126% more than the men did. The women laughed so much more than the men did. But the men instigated more of the laughter. And if you're a straight man or woman, you're that checks out. Yeah. Um, I I think it's funny because I try to be the one who instigates more of the laughter. And I'm I'm definitely not not the type of girl that I'm not gonna just giggle at a man's jokes just because. Um but when men and women are are looking for for potential mates, humor and laughing play a huge part. Women typically rate sense of humor as one of their top three traits when when looking for um, a potential mate. And men will rate women who laugh a lot, especially if they're laughing at that man's jokes. They'll rate them higher than they rated those who laughed a little or not at all. Um, and studies on long-term relationships, again, long-term heterosexual relationships, I didn't see anything that that suggested that any other types of, of relationships were studied. Um, but these long-term relationships, the couples who reported just more general laughter in their relationship also reported a higher satisfaction in their relationship versus the the couples who didn't report a lot of laughter in the relationship they weren't as highly satisfied in their relationships i also found a lot of research that implies that dark humor so not even just laughing haha but like the the, the dark almost morbid kind of humor um, helps people cope even better with stress and impossibly difficult situations and traumatic circumstances. Um, I can tell you personally, and this is where this episode I thought might get a little hard for me, um, but personally, humor and laughter, especially dark humor, saved me from from not being able to handle terrible situations. Um, I handled them a teeny tiny bit better with laughter and humor than I would have without. These situations were still awful and terrible, but being able to laugh just even for a couple minutes helped with my with my coping, helped with my grieving. Um, I literally wrote jokes into the eulogies of both that I gave for both my dad and my brother. I didn't improvise. I literally wrote down jokes that I didn't want to forget in these eulogies in, in during two of the worst times of my life, because that's what helps me. That's what helps get me through. Um, a lot of my family, you know, we were we were in the ICU in a in a terrible situation, and we used 
humor. We used dark humor to lighten the situation a little bit. And and the dark humor was kind of, I don't want to say poking fun at the situation, but the, this this terrible, tragic situation that we were in um, was the subject of some of these terrible, dark jokes. And I remember we would apologize to to the nurses and the doctors and the various staff of the ICU. And they were like, no, no, like laugh. Like, we don't think you're bad people for like telling these jokes. We obviously know that you love your loved one here so very much. But if you need to to laugh and make jokes to just function at some sort of normal human level, then do it. Um, I, I will never be able to thank these ICU nurses enough. Um, but like when I'm when I'm home alone and I'm having a tough day or I'm stressed out or I'm just overwhelmed, I I have comfort shows. A lot of people have comfort shows and and mine. <clears throat> My comfort shows are American Dad, Family Guy, and Bob's Burgers. They are completely like mindless laughter. I've seen every episode a hundred times, but that's what I have on in the background when I'm stressed or I just need background noise because the the light humor and and those all three of those shows very often will have dark humor in them. That just helps me to get through whatever it is I'm going through, or it helps me to to maintain where I am without going lower with with my mental health. I also saw several studies about humor therapy being used in in with elderly patients in assisted living facilities. Um, humor therapy, helping with just the general morbidity of of aging and and approaching death. And a lot of these studies also showed that humor helped to increase the emotional resilience to those who were who were grieving a spouse. and And again, I can tell you that humor and laughter was a coping mechanism for for me. Um, I again, I think I'm funny. <laughs> I I like to make people laugh. I I try to make make people laugh at at work. Um, my job involves sometimes people coming in and being a little nervous or uncomfortable, and and I know and again, hey coworkers, um, that using using humor and sometimes dark humor. Sorry, supervisor. Um, helps to to relax these these people and it makes their experience for them physically and mentally just go a lot smoother um i want to to reiterate that i'm not saying that laughing in and of itself is going to cure cancer and eliminate poverty and combat obesity and lower the national debt like that's that's not what i'm saying that's not what science is saying that's not what these studies are saying but making people laugh laughter itself is just is just beautiful um and that's what i had to to keep reminding myself as i'm i'm writing and researching this episode i i'm currently going through a personal struggle 
Um, and a few times during my research and even writing out the outline for this, um, to give you a little peek behind the curtain here, um, I I stepped away. I stepped away to um, listen to a comedy podcast, watch one of my comfort TV shows, um, listen to messages from friends, talk to friends. Um, I honestly, hours ago, was in tears laughing at a video that a friend sent of me of a woman falling off a treadmill. It was so funny. I was in tears. And then I was laughing again when I'm not going to give you any context, but she said, did his dad steal the Declaration of Independence? And without context, that probably doesn't sound like anything, but it was so, so funny. Um, I'm going to give a shout out, sorry, to Rachel and Carrie, who not only are two of my best friends, but honestly, two of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, and and it's important for everybody to have those people in your life that you can just unabashedly laugh with. And 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 I'm lucky to to have those people to have those people with me. Um, so again, I'm gonna include some some helpful links in the show notes. Um the show notes will have the sources that I use today, but before that, I'm going to include some helpful links for people who need more than just a hearty laugh to help with the difficulties in their life. Um, and and again, is laughter the best medicine? No, it's not. But is it possibly the best overall mechanism to having a healthy mind, body, and soul? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that that laughter is the one thing that we can all do that is just going to help improve ourselves and and make our lives just a little bit happier and a little bit more manageable. So, that's it. That is my episode on laughter. Um, I hope you guys learned something. I hope you take something away from this episode. I'm sorry that an episode on laughter isn't actually that funny. Um, but again, just the information, the science is really, really fascinating to me. And I, and I hope it was for you too. Um, thanks again for all your support of episodes one and two. Um, and we're going to keep going. I, again, have really, really good topics coming up. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the topics that was actually the inspiration of this podcast, Weird Humanity. Um, and that is all things money and currency. It's a doozy. Be prepared for me to get really angry at some points. Um, but it's, it's, it'll be good. It'll be interesting. Um, but until then, go be weird humans and go bring some laughter to the world because I can't carry the team. <laughs> Just kidding. Bye. This episode of Weird Humanity was written and researched by me, Amanda Reinhardt. Sources used for each episode can be found in the show notes. Be sure to like, subscribe, review, and give us all the stars wherever you listen. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Weird Humanity Pod. 
and join the Facebook group, Weird Humanity Podcast. Send your show ideas, letters of praise, or advertising inquiries to weirdhumanitypod at gmail.com. 